This is the voice of contract management, presented by the law firm of Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay up to date on all things contract management, five minutes at a time. We are your presenters, Kroll partners Peter Ayer and David Robbins, keeping you up to speed on a bi-monthly basis. We will cover everything from regulatory updates to crucial changes that affect government contracting. We start with what promises to be a fairly significant development. On July 15th, President Trump signed Executive Order 13881 on maximizing use of American-made goods, products, and materials. And we give you the number and the name so you can find it if you want to read up on it. But importantly, it directs the FAR Council to consider imposing more stringent domestic preference requirements in federal procurement regulations. And the EO, which is part of the Trump administration's ongoing Buy American, Hire American initiatives, only directs agencies to consider the rulemaking within 180 days of the EO's release and does not currently impose any immediate requirements or changes to the Buy American Act. So I guess that is the good news for continuity of operations. But given the long lead times on these things, it's something we should be watching going on forward. There's a lot to this. We'd be happy to walk you through it. But a five-minute podcast probably isn't the right format. We will update you as this progresses, though. Peter, over to you. Second item on our list for today is a DCMA update to the Contractor Purchasing System Review Guidebook. This came out in mid-June, and it's an updated version of the CPSR Guidebook. There are a variety of updates. There's one that we really want to highlight because it plays into the theme that we're seeing really across the government, which is focus on supply chain, focus on cybersecurity. So here's what it talks about. In essence, the focus should be on Appendix 24 called Supply Chain Management Process, and it's been updated to further address supply chain compliance with DFARS 252-204-7012. That's the Safeguarding Covered Defense Information and Cyber Incident Reporting Clause. The guidebook was previously revised this year to address guidance, and now that we see a further update focused on two key points. One, the focus asks contractors to show how they have determined that their subcontractors have an adequate information system that can handle CDI versus the prior guidance that asks contractors to validate the adequacy of subcontractor systems. We also see a broadening of these supply chain requirements by applying guidebooks language to subcontractors across the board rather than just first-tier suppliers. And there's also a clarification that the CPSR review is focused only on the protection of CDI, not on controlled, unclassified information more broadly. So an important development and fits within this broader directional push from the government. On the topic of sort of important reminders, a new Court of Federal Claims decision called Veteran Technology Integrators, LLC. It's a bid protest. There's a lot of procedural history here. But there are a couple really important take-homes, not new law, but important reminders. So in this case, the agency issued a solicitation that required the offeror to have both top-secret clearance and a particular GSA schedule. In this case, the component members of the JV, in other words, the JV partners, both had top-secret clearance and both had the requisite GSA schedules. However, the offeror, the joint venture in this case, did not. The agency eliminated the joint venture from competition, citing those two factors, saying that the offeror itself, the legal entity, the joint venture, didn't have either of those two things, even though the component members did. Protest ensued, and ultimately, 
there was a lack of standing found. And this is a really important reminder that joint ventures provide a lot of opportunities, a lot of flexibility, but reading the RFP and really understanding whether the joint venture gets credit for the past performance, security clearance, contractual schedules of the component members is going to vary from RFP to RFP. So a good reminder of that and an interesting decision for companies that are really involved in joint venture participation. David, back to you. I think it's even more than JV participation. I mean, how many times have you counseled private equity firms, sponsoring companies, you name it, thinking about consolidation in this marketplace? and trying to figure out what integration looks like and which vehicles can be used where. So this is an important reminder for that community as well. Absolutely. Good point. All right. So we've updated you periodically on the ongoing saga of a company called Transdime, which its business model has been in the news. And as DOD OIG has written up, they sort of consolidate suppliers of legacy aircraft parts. And apparently, according to the OIG, increased prices, and it's come under some congressional scrutiny. The latest step here is an announcement by DOD OIG audit that issued a memorandum announcing the beginning of an even broader audit at congressional request to determine whether Transdime Group Inc.'s business model affects the DOD's ability to pay fair and reasonable prices for spare parts. Now, that wording is really unique. They got the AIG for audit looking at a business model of a private company and whether it causes the government to pay things it shouldn't. So it could be an artful wording. It could be a really strong hint that investigations are looking. Either way, this concept of excess profit, which is part and parcel of this inquiry, is gaining some real traction and real importance and is a persistent and consistent legacy problem across DOD procurement as these legacy airframes, for example, are aging decades longer than anyone ever expected. So we're watching this because we see it as having some potential industry-wide impact. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to The Voice of Contract Management, brought to you by Kroll & Mooring exclusively for NCMA. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to discuss all things government contracting. In the meantime, explore your learning opportunities at www.ncmahq.org backslash course catalog. That's one word, course catalog.